0: Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode, I believe, Adam, number 96. Our Thor Love and Thunder episode.
1: It rhymes. Thor 4. The fourth Thor movie. <laughs> He's the first hero to get a fourth film. There you go, my friend. How have you
0: been? It's been, it's been a Top Gun Minute since we podcasted last
1: well, if a Top Gun minute is the length of time for when Top Gun was supposed to come out and it actually came out <laughs> with quite a long minute.
0: Yeah, but I think, did, did, I, did I not read uh, or hear somewhere that Top Gun has went over a billion dollars in sales?
1: Yes, and it's Tom Cruise's first billion dollar hit.
0: Wow. And everybody was like, why is he doing this film and a sequel 30 years in the making and blah, 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 you know. And now he's done a billion-dollar film,
1: so. Well, it's interesting to look back at the pandemic, too, because Chris Nolan thought this is what Tenet would do. He really thought Tenet would save theaters. It'd be a massive hit. Everyone would go see it. And, you know, he was put out in a time when it was more risky.
0: Right. uh,
1: And and Tenet just didn't do it. Yeah. It It didn't have the box office numbers. It didn't really get the critical love. But Top Gun had the magic. I think the studio and Tom Cruise knew that, and they did. Sure. Re- I think they waited for the right time. And they they maximized their gains from that. Absolutely.
0: So that's that's great. I'm glad to hear that it's come back and it's doing well. And you know, it's went over a billion dollars. And maybe people are. I mean, it sounds like people are back in the theaters. I'm hearing from my friends, they're going way more than
1: I'm going to the theater right now. And Minions had a good weekend. I mean, there's more proof that well one kids love minions
0: well of course
1: well but again (laughs) solid solid box office like pre-pandemic numbers
0: yeah no that's i think that's fantastic and it's all a good sign man we want we want people going back to the theaters you know so that's that's great man that is so great so what else has been happening since our last podcast anything else exciting
1: i can give a quick mini review because we're not going to fully review this film But I have some family this week, so I was able to show The Bad Guys, nice universal CG animated film, to my niece and nephew, who are six and three. Well, almost four. She'll turn four in a month. Okay. Um, In my home theater setup, this is the first time seeing something in that new room. And if you've seen the trailer for The Bad Guys, it's sort of a kid's version of Ocean's Eleven, where all the villainous creatures from the fairy tales, the big bad wolf, the snake, the shark... (laughs) are a crew that rob banks and do heists, but then they learned that doing good feels better and they don't have to be bad guys.
0: What a conflict, right?
1: <laughs> right. But uh very, very glowing, positive reviews from my niece and nephew. They loved it. I uh, gave it high praise and wanted me to pass that along. And, and that official review.
0: That's awesome, Adam. And I guess my question is, is uh, did you make some good popcorn for them? That's what I
1: wanted to know. <laughs> Normally I would have, but this was a 7 a.m. screening. We had some <laughs> thunderstorms come through,
0: so you had cereal as they watched the yeah. Uh, it was Mad an early morning,
1: <laughs> early morning matinee <laughs> under blankets, seven in the morning in the theater. But oh
0: man, well I, you know it's funny because I haven't been to the theater in a couple of weeks, and uh I'm going to go tomorrow to see Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and so I may put something on social media about that. We're going to go see a press. I'm going to go see a press screening with. With actually I would take my daughter normally, but my daughter's out of town. So my daughter's best friend is gonna go uh with me. And she's a fashion design major at at uh Kent State here in Ohio. So uh, um, I'm exci- yeah, I'm excited to get her feedback about this, you know. This I call it a Mary poppins esque sit in the 50s, you know, uh Christian Dior search for the perfect dress kind of film. So we'll see how it goes. It wouldn't normally be something I would go to, but you know, I'm gonna go. I think it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, you're seeing it with the right crowd. I'm interested in their take on it.
0: Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think I think we ought to jump into Thor Love and Thunder. Sounds why don't we take me. yeah, why don't we take a quick listen to Thor Love and Thunder? This is the film Coterie. We'll be right back. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dead bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only
1: Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. All right, we are back, and we are here to discuss... Thor, Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor film. And I've lost track of where we are in the MCU. This is the 20 something film. We haven't hit 30 <laughs> yet, but it's on its way. Oh, yeah.
0: We're going to get there eventually.
1: This is the return of Taika Watiti to the writer director chair for Ragnarok. And this is a, another continuation of where we last saw Thor after the Avengers films. Now, as far as prerequisites, we always kind of talk about this for the Marvel movies. You know, what do you have to have seen before you've seen this movie? Is it a standalone? And it's it's clearly not a standalone. No. You need to have seen all the Thor movies and the major Avenger films. But that's really it. If you haven't seen all the Spider-Mans and Doctor Stranges, they they really don't much matter to this. Yeah. But the the main difference in this film is we finally have the return of Natalie Portman as yeah. love interest Jane. We haven't seen her since Dark World. She's been mentioned in a few of the films. We know that Thor and she had a breakup, but we've seen her friend. We've seen some other characters from the Thor films, but we've not seen Natalie Portman since then. So Taka brings her back and he introduces us to a new villain. Uh, Christian Bale enters the MCU as Gore, Gore, the God Butcher. The
0: God.
1: Yeah, the God Killer. And I'll have to say off the bat, I think Gore is one of the scariest villains they've probably introduced into the MCU. He might be a little intense for kids. Yeah, uh, Christian Bale goes all out to be Gore.
0: Well, you know, I I, I um I got an email from from our from from the uh, the group that showed it to us asking my thoughts about it, and I said, well, you know, Christian Bale definitely doesn't meld it in. He gives an actual performance. He, right. he, he he's not in a uh, fluff superhero film in his mind. You know, he's not dialing it in. <laughs> he's not dialing nothing in. He is full blown menacing. He is, uh, has something very tragic happen at the beginning that drives his character and he is on a, on a path to, um, to, to, to fulfill what he thinks he's called to do, you know? So, yeah. So I thought that part was really, really good. And, and, um, and, and I just, I, you know, I have a soft spot for these films already. Uh, Taco I, you know, fell in love with him with Jojo Rabbit then Thor Ragnarok, and then now Thor Love and Thunder. Um, and so I really enjoyed the film. I, I do, I, I am going to maybe, if we get into things that we don't like about the film or things that we may question, uh, I think it rides a razor thin line of his absurd humor with Christian Bale's intense evilness. That's a fine line from being a little goofy at times you know, right. for me, but overall, I'm very positive on the film. I thought all the performances were real solid. Um, how about you,
1: Adam? Yeah, no, I'm very positive on it as well. I like Taika Waititi's humor. I've enjoyed him with all of his his films so far, going back to the hunt for the wilder people, um, his work on what we do in the shadows and on from there. And he does have this goofy charm that... right is perfect for Chris Hemsworth comedic timing and chops Hemsworth is such a natural fit for the material that, you know, you really feel like they worked it out together. Now I will say that if you like the earlier Thors, it is kind of hard to see where the character (laughs) went from early Thor in the first two films to the Thor of the third and fourth films, where he's a goofball, lovable, scrappy guy But that's the direction he's gone. He's had the biggest change of any character so far in the MCU in terms of how he's portrayed. But there's something there that I think take us trying to mine in that Thor has lost a lot. He's lost more than any other character. He's lost his parents, his brother multiple times, um, his love interest, his world. You know, Asgard is gone. Oh, yeah. He's lost a lot. And he doesn't have anybody. He's kind of a loner. And maybe this goofy Thor has arisen out of him as a defense mechanism. Yeah, or something. I think, he, yeah. He's still a hero, but he's, he's changed dramatically.
0: No, I agree. Totally. Because, you know, when it comes to like looking at in game and infinity war, Thor can go intense and dark and brooding and see if you can kill me, you know, uh, you know, just in, in, intense, you know, kind of deal. Um, so he definitely can do that. You know, the, his character, Chris Hemsworth can, but he really leans into the comedy and it may be a defensive mechanism. I never really thought about it like that. I think that's a great take Adam. Um, because you know what you get to a point in life where you have all that tragedy, you just got to laugh at it and say, okay, well, Whatever is gonna be is gonna be kind of deal, you know. Yeah. I've been around, I've been alive so long that, you know This story's a little
1: broken and I think he's yes. in the process of picking <laughs> himself back up.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, what about some of the other uh um roles, like specifically Natalie Portman? What do you think about her in this film and how they used her in her storyline?
1: Well, like I said, we haven't seen her since Dark World. I mean, it did feel like her character. I think she recaptured the Jane Foster from the earlier films, but it's been a while since I've seen those films. Um, She and Hemsworth, I thought, had good chemistry. I think they picked up right where they had left off. And her story, without spoiling anything, um, she's now also a Thor. As if you remember the inscription on Thor is, he who is worthy shall bear the powers of Thor, or whatever is on the hammer. Right. Sure. She's, she's a Thor. We won't spoil how that h- happens, but, you know, she's bigger, she's stronger, she's different. And Hemsworth, despite pretending like, you know, he may not want her around, is very much happy that she's back. And he has a foil and a romantic love interest. And, and that's all played really well. Um, I think Natalie Portman's good in this film.
0: Yep, I, I do too. And I thought about this without getting into spoiler territory and stuff but you know h- how how long has it actually been in the real world since she's been in a thor film to this one how many years is it
1: has it been 10 years or more it could easily have been i mean it's they say eight years in the movie universe
0: well the only reason i say that and this could be a part of the story and the plot and special effects but she's a much older, you know, uh, uh, character. She just, she's just aged naturally. Right. And she's not the young doe-eyed college, recent college graduate professor. She's lived some life, you know, and, uh, leans into some of those elements. And I really liked that. I liked that she was an old, she's a woman, an older, she's a woman now, not just a young girl that was a interest for Thor so much even though she wasn't in the first film I don't know if I'm conveying that very well but there's there's a there's a different uh bent that she brings now because she's just older you know and uh and I like that a lot in the film
1: well and they did a good job they have some scenes that go back and fill in how the relationship fell apart and it wasn't through either them doing anything other than growing apart they were both constantly saving the world in their own ways she's an astrophysicist He's a superhero. They just drifted apart. And I think the film does a good job addressing that and showing what happened (laughs) without making either one of them a villain or there's some kind of hokey misunderstanding that drove them apart. Yeah. Um, Some of the other characters are back too. Korg is back from Ragnarok. And if you like Korg and Ragnarok, you're going to love them in here. Yes. He he himself plays him.
0: Yeah. He is the ultimate uh, narrator plot device, a thing to move the plot along. You know, he's
1: just great. He's like Drax in that he's very straightforward, doesn't seem to have a sense of humor, just says whatever he wants to say, and he's just a rock monster that oh, yeah. Thor befriended. And then we have the return of Tessa Thompson, who I think this film really wastes. Um, I liked Valkyrie and Ragnarok, and in this film, she has almost nothing to do. And unfortunately, if you were just to cut her out, it wouldn't change the film in the least. Yeah, yeah. She's just tagging and- along here, and they really waste Tessa Thompson's talent.
0: Yeah, I w- I would have to agree with you, and I feel similar to the Sif character, Jamie Alexander. Right, it's kind—they're of, both just kind of—they're given token roles.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but they're really just throwaway characters.
1: But this is a shorter movie. It's one of the shorter MCU films, and I get that it wouldn't be good if you expanded this film just to deal and give them more stuff to do. That wouldn't make a better film. Right, just, I wish they could have found better ways to use both of them because they're they're really underutilized here.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree absolutely.
1: But now we do have to talk about some of the other new characters, other than Christian Bale, and that would yeah. be Russell Crowe. Now, Russell Crowe does not get to do much comedy. uh The last comedy that work that he did leaps to my mind would be the Good Guys or the Nice Guys, which I loved. And in this, he goes, he he really delivers as Zeus in a way that you don't quite see in the trailer. He's very funny. He has no problem making himself the fool. Um, He's not too serious. And he makes a a memorable impression as Zeus.
0: Yeah, I would agree 100%. He really leans into the Greek artistic kind of just this, this different side of the mythos that you've never seen before. You know, Zeus is always the... The the godlike figure that's angry and brooding and you know, larger than life. And he plays it the exact opposite, and it's hilarious. I mean, there's there's just one physical bit that he does. Uh, and I'll just say it so it's not spoiler, but just him walking down the stairs uh to address Thor. And I just died laughing when I saw it when he did. It. I mean, I'm laughing out loud at the screening, thinking, oh, I shouldn't be laughing, you know, kind of deal. Just thought it was great,
1: and we should point out we were at a press screening for this, so it was not a packed theater. There were maybe twenty of us in the theater, and it it seemed to play pretty well with everybody. Most of the comedy bits landed, at least with our audience, and they were they knew what they were in for. And I I don't know if the humor will work for everyone, but like I said, Ragnarok's the best gauge for that. I think Ragnarok overall is a better film, just because it was maybe a little better paced, more stakes. You had a great right. villain in in Hela or Hella. Um, this film, I don't think hits those same high marks, but is very entertaining. I'm glad it's part of the MCU. i would be glad to revisit it. yeah you know, coming out this week. and if I was going with friends, I hadn't seen it. I wouldn't think twice about going again. I enjoyed yep. it that much.
0: yeah, i'm I'm the same way for me, Ra- uh, Thor Ragnarok was a solid four out of five stars almost into that four and a half star territory. just overall, a much better film as a whole but love and thunder is a strong three and a half, you know, it's funny and, and, uh, great performances. Nobody really mails it in. I, I just think I, I agree with you. The story as a whole wasn't, um, it just didn't really land, you know, like maybe Ragnarok did and stuff, you know, even though Christian Bell's performance is great, it's, you know, I'll just say this you have a God killer and he's, it's all about children the, the you know, there's a whole bunch of children involved now. And so I don't know, that was just a little bit of a, okay, we're, you know, I don't know. We're sitting a trap. Maybe, you know, there's just, I don't know. It, well, and there's
1: it, this, this isn't a spoiler thing, but he's killing gods and he's heading towards something else. It's sort of like a wish right? just Nothing feels new to us in this universe. No. Um. It feels like trodden territory. You don't really feel like there's any stakes. I mean, we know.
0: Yeah. You you know, it almost would have landed better if, you know, bring out a God we know, know, and have him be killed in front of us. That's from, you know, or a character that means something, you know, I don't know. They just never set the stakes for Christian Bell and his character like I think they could have
1: no and in fact in dealing with the gods other than thor you might actually side with gore the god butcher and think I, that he's right. i
0: agree <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh goodness but uh stay for the credits as you know it's a marvel film there is one halfway through and one at the end um i think this film does a good job setting up where thor is going next i'm i'm eager to see it i hope they keep the same team in place i I don't see Chris Hemsworth leaving the MCU anytime soon. He's having a blast playing. No, Thor. No. All the press indicates he's going to keep doing it as long as he wants to. And I think that the way Teika ends his film, he's, he's set up with a pretty clear idea of what he wants to do with Thor next Thor's next big adventure.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well, Adam, I think that's going to wrap it up, up for uh, the film coterie for this week. I think both of us are pretty positive on Thor love and thunder and would recommend it. Um, If folks want to reach out to us and connect to the Film Coterie, how do they do that on our social media platforms?
1: Well, we try to keep it easy. We use the same handle everywhere. So it's just at Film Coterie. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just with that handle, at Film Coterie. And if you see this movie this weekend, let us know what you think of it.
0: Yep. And tell your friends, if you're listening, tell them about the podcast. Get them to subscribe. We're on every platform from Spotify to Apple to google play android all of them we're 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 on every we're on everywhere so uh check us out i think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the film coterie we'll see you next time